0: Welcome to the Migraine Miracle Moment. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Turknet. I'm a neurologist, migraine specialist, migraine sufferer, and author of the book, The Migraine Miracle. In this podcast, you'll learn all about how to find your path to migraine freedom without pills. Let's get started. Howdy, folks. So I'm thrilled to be bringing you today another uh, miracle story. Uh, this one comes... Uh, From Stacy, uh, one of our Migraine Everland members, and in her interview today, um, you're going to learn how she was able to go from being essentially incapacitated from uh, daily migraines on daily medication and in the darkest depths of phase one to now being medication free and in phase four. So it's truly an incredible turnaround. And she's a real fountain of wisdom, too, and uh, shares uh, so many of the keys, her keys to success, uh, that we find are common to so many of our most successful beast slayers. And I've said before that even though we keep hearing more and more of these incredible stories of people putting the Migraine Miracle Plan into action with life-altering results, it really just doesn't get old to hear these, and and each time it's um, overwhelming and so uh, thrilling to hear, and it's really the entire reason uh, behind why we do what we do here. Um, I've said also before that when I discovered the Migraine Miracle Plan years ago and realized just how many people were needlessly suffering out there, uh, many times at the hands of the system that I was a part of, I felt morally obligated to do something about it, to figure out a way to reach as many people as I could with this approach. And these stories that we keep hearing over and over again Um, of people getting their lives back uh, after putting the plan in action um, just strengthens uh, that feeling of obligation um, and strengthens our resolve to get this message out there and uh, such a powerful, motivating force for us. and, uh, And I know they're a motivating force for others who are kind of earlier on or just getting started with this. And as you'll learn from Stacy, it took a healthy dose of grit and determination for her to make it where she is. Um, So uh, one of the big reasons for sharing these stories like hers uh, with you folks is to provide you with the motivation to keep going. Um, I also know that it's natural to be skeptical that changes of this level of magnitude are even possible um, many people have been led to believe that migraines are a chronic incurable disease and um, I've said before I don't I think not only is that message wrong but it's harmful because it oftentimes leads to the very behaviors that make that uh, prophecy come true um, and I know that 10 years ago, uh, as myself as a migraineur with chronic headaches and a neurologist and migraine expert, I would have been totally skeptical that these things were possible. So my hope is that sharing these incredible stories of people doing things that the conventional view of migraines would say are impossible will help to overcome that skepticism and give you the courage and resolve to keep going. The Miracle Moment Podcast is brought to you by Migraineverland, our premier resource for people with migraines, which you can now try for free for 30 days. As a member, you'll have access to all of the member materials that we have created since we first launched Migraineverland back in 2014. So that includes the Beastlayer Slayer Training Academy, which is our foundational training for how to put the Migraine Miracle Program into action. It includes primal provisions with almost a year's worth of weekly meal plans and recipes. It includes the weekly clinic chat, which is a uh, Q&A session with me that takes place each week inside of our member Facebook group. It includes access to the entire archives of the chatter, which are the transcripts of all of those Q&A sessions, so almost 150 issues of those at the time of this recording. It includes access to the Migraine Nevercast, which is a podcast that is exclusively for Migraine Everland members. It includes access to all of our 30-day challenges like the Keto Blast, the Jump Start, uh, Sleep Challenge, the Movement Challenge, Mindset Challenge, and more. It includes access to the aforementioned Members Only Facebook group. And it also includes the newly created Roadmap to Migrant Neverland, which guides you step by step on how to utilize all of these resources to progress through all five stages in the journey to Migrant Neverland. So once again, you can now become a member and try it for 30 days for free. To learn more and to get started, uh, head over to mymigrantmiracle.com forward slash join. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. So without further ado, here's another miracle story. Well, I'm pleased to have on the podcast today, uh, Stacy, a uh, recent member of uh, Migrant Everland and um, recently uh, shared with us some successes that she'd had. And so I wanted to get her on and just kind of hear her story so uh, so that uh, she could share it with the rest of us. So does that sound all right with you?
1: That sounds great. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. No problem. So... um, I always like to kind of start out just by kind of getting the uh, getting your backstory, kind of where things um began for you with respect to your migraines and kind of um, how they evolved over time so um, when did when did the when did the beast first start uh, striking you stacy
1: well it's it's a little bit of a difficult answer for me just because about five years ago is when the migraines when when I think migraines, I think headache
2: uh-huh.
1: um, really started to really just come with a vengeance and um just started to get worse and worse as the last five, five years progressed. Um, prior to that point, though, I think I was dealing with migraines in some form most of my life.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: they just kind of were different. They were abdominal, abdominal migraines. I would have called them sinus infections, lots of antibiotics throughout my life. Right. Um, in retrospect, a lot of the doctors I saw um, said I probably didn't have very many sinus infections. They probably were migraines mm-hmm. um, that I had been dealing with all along. So that would go back to gosh when i was a kid that's how yeah. far back they go for me then
0: and if you don't mind roughly uh how old are you now
1: i am 44 this week
0: okay. yeah. Gotcha! <laughs> happy birthday um thank so, you so you can recall uh having had other episodes in the past this is a very common story that were that you probably were had, had identified as something else but in retrospect now I think may have been migraines certainly um uh, sinus headaches are probably the most common thing that, that gets mis, misattributed to um, to uh, migraine. And I
1: mean, the other thing that I had throughout my whole life was just sort of like a, I would have called it a bad stomach, you know, bouts uh, of stomach flu, bouts of vomiting um, all the time. And I, and I just kind of thought that's what pe- people dealt with. They just got sick that many times a year. <laughs> and um, until I met my husband and he said, I never really even threw up before. Um, I didn't really understand that. That was probably a component of the migraines I was feeling. Yeah, so, yeah, that's been going on for a long time.
0: That's really interesting. Um, there, I mean, there are so many things like that where, where you, if you're used to it for a long time, uh, you just kind of figure, oh, this just must be what it's like to be a human, <laughs> and
2: then, right,
0: and then yeah, you realize that oh, that wasn't the uh, that's not what the the norm the norm is. Um, so, and, and I actually had uh, a similar experience too in the, with my, uh, the abdominal stuff that was kind of distinct from any head pain, and um, that all uh, went away as well. Um, and actually, um, in kids, it's very common for them to experience the, uh, the abdominal symptoms without, any, without head pain. Um, so for you, was, were, those, uh, were the episodes, as far as um, the, the abdominal stuff that you would get, were they tied in any way to food, or, or did they just seem to happen randomly?
1: Yeah, food has been sort of, <laughs> I've had a love-hate relationship with food for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, about five years before even starting, um, you know, getting headaches, I went gluten-free because, um, I just found that when I went on, I went on Atkins just because I was really into exercise and such. I wanted to try something new
2: mm-hmm. and I was
1: battling some other things and I felt much better on Atkins.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then when I pulled the gluten, I felt much better. And so for a few years when I was, you know, early on with the really bad headaches part of the migraine, Um, I've tried restricting a lot of different things. You know, I, maybe I have this allergy, maybe I have that allergy Mm -hmm. and I just always fell up, fell short. I could never quite pinpoint, you know, that one or two foods that you think you might be allergic to. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I mean, I I know they talk about eggs and chocolate and all these kind of things, but for me, until I started eating the way you sort of Mm describe, I really wasn't able to, um, alleviate most of those symptoms. Gluten was my my best improvement, and um doing Atkins was, was probably the second best um, but doing this has made such a huge difference it 's just like night and day
0: yeah yeah we we see that a lot that like uh, people will will implement just like the gluten free part of it and may get some significant benefits, but you really once you kind of it's it's, it's more the the benefit comes as much or more from the whole sort of systemic overhaul. It's like, it's not just any one thing. It's all of these things in aggregate put together and, and the way, you know, the way that impacts the body on multiple levels rather than just eliminating a certain food component, which can help for, you know, uh, to some degree, but, uh, we often see what you describe, where, where, um, doing, you know, uh, an entire system space kind of approach rather than a single single trigger-based approach seems to work um, so much better. So you, um, you mentioned that then it was about five years ago. Is that right that you started or you were at least first diagnosed as having migraines?
1: Yeah, probably about then. And, and I went into my first neurologist um, and I had a few complaints. I kept saying to them that you know, twice a month, um, especially around, um, you know, my menstrual cycle and things like that, I was getting the severe headaches.
2: Mm -hmm. And then
1: the other time I was getting them was when I was spending a lot of time um, in the sun or doing sort of excessive exercise. And I was Mm -hmm. trying to find a solution to why does this keep happening to me, you know, when, you know, consistently each month.
2: Yes. And,
1: um, that's sort of how my journey to really understanding, okay, these are migraines. This is what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. But then the strangest thing sort of happened over the last sort of, not this past year, because this past year is when I've been doing the program, but prior to that, that, you know, those five years prior to that, Mm -hmm. um, the more medication I was put on really, I just felt the worse I was getting. Yeah. And I don't know if the migraines were just progressing more or if the medication was actually worsening it. But my thought is, is that, um, well, I could, I could explain to you the first day I went on my first triptin. Uh-huh. I, I really thought it was, oh my gosh, I thought it was a miracle cure. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Yep. And um, looking back on that day and I've chart, charted my migraines all along these last five years. And um, I just went from, you know, a few a month to um, last February, I had 21 migraines. And I was on, I'm not kidding, four different types of drugs to try to stop them. Uh,
2: yeah. So it had
1: progressed to the point of where I hardly was getting out of bed anymore. Um, just uh, getting up to take care of my kids and then nah. kind of trying to wait to go back to sleep kind of thing, you know? Wow. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. You probably have seen me share that uh, that's a really common story. And it was, it's a, it was amazing to me in retrospect how often I heard that story and uh, it never kind of clicked that and it mean it's it's it's, it's, and it's hard when you're in the midst of it to see it but um, that same story where someone comes along and and uh, may have had uh, some episodic symptoms for years or, or and started getting headaches and gets on their first trip down and like you said usually the response is great you feel like this is the solution um, but then things start slowly getting worse over time. And even if it works, things aren't, you know, your, your life isn't getting any better. And in fact, you often are needing more right. medication uh, in this cycle. And uh, I realized that so many people over the years, myself included, um, that was this major inflection point was the first time they started getting on something uh, migraine specific. So um, that's when I... And
1: it's just so interesting. It's so interesting. I'm sorry to interrupt. It's no, so interesting with the tryptans too, because... I can remember a day when I was really bad off and I can remember my mom looking at me and she said, you have to stop taking these medications. Yeah. And I just looked at her thinking, is she crazy? Right. Like, is she crazy? Like, does she understand that I can't even function without them? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and now I look back and think, was I crazy? Why was I doing all that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's hard. You're, you're absolutely right. It's so hard to see when yes. you're right knee deep in it and you're in so much pain.
0: Yes. Yeah, and that's the really hard thing too for someone if for someone who is in the midst of it to to give to try to give this message that you know it may be the medicines that are worsening things for the long term. It seems it seems cruel because that's the thing you're using to relieve your suffering. But the 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 message there is to get to where you want to be. It's 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 a necessity, um, but that's not easy when you're. It's not easy to see that, and it's not easy to receive that message. Um, when you're in the moment, you're, that's right. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned that, that they'd gotten, uh, to the point where you were almost just kind of surviving or just getting out of bed to do the bare minimum of every day. Is that, when, when are we talking? How long ago was that?
1: That was last February. Gotcha. So that was my, that was my rock bottom was last February. And I just, I remember, I'm not kidding with this story. I remember rolling over in bed to my husband. And I looked at him. I said, I think I'm dying Like I, that's how sick I felt. Like I I said, I think there's something very, very wrong with me because I can't stop this cyclical pain at all. Yeah. And I just remember I have to have to try something else because what I am doing just, it's just not working. Yeah. Um, that's kind of last February was the moment where I said, okay, no more of this. I'm not doing this anymore. And that, that's sort of when I came upon your website. That's kind of what happened.
0: Gotcha. Do you recall what you were taking at the time?
1: Um, I was... At any given time, but at that time, I was taking <laughs> yeah. um, um, amitriptyline, Topamax, Relpax, um, and Cambia. And then, when the stomach nausea would kick in, I would obviously add Zofran. So I think I have tried every medication that's available to to migraines at one time or another in those last four years. And um, just, and, and I'm not against medication. I mean, I am a firm believer in pharmaceuticals. Believe me, it's just for whatever the reason they were not helping me um, for this particular instance. And right. so, um, it just, it just, just wasn't working.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they're neither bad nor good. They can, you know, in in the right situation. They're fantastic. Um, but it's just,
2: Absolutely. but
0: being, being mindful and understanding the situations where they might do more harm than good. It's obviously, um, important to know. Um, so at that point in time, were you pretty much in kind of a daily headache pattern?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't really function on a given day without taking some sort of, you know, tryptin. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't get through most of the days. I think I only, when I look back on my migraine diaries for last February, I think I had four, four days where I didn't chart, you know, some sort of migraine. And um, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I think the heart, one of the hardest parts for me was that the people around me outside of my immediate family, my kids and my husband,
2: uh-huh. they don't
1: think you're sick because yeah. when they do see you, you're on your feet right. and you're functional. Right. And they, they, they just don't understand the difficulty that comes along with it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I remember when I had my mother-in-law, she had had migraines as well. And my God, did I gain an appreciation for what she goes through as well, because you just, I don't think people who don't have them, not because it's any other fault. I just don't think they understand what, no. what migrant sufferers are really going through on a daily
2: basis.
0: I, yeah, totally. There's, there, you know, there, there are a few visible signs of what's going on inside. And it's not a phenomenon that, that you, experience, you experience outside of migraines. So there's not a way for someone else who hasn't had it to kind of relate. You can't say it's kind of like this because it's not,
1: it's not <laughs> right like exactly.
0: else. Um, and, uh, and it makes it really hard. And even in fact, I've said before that even when I don't have a migraine, I have a hard time relating back to just Mm -hmm. how intense and just how awful it is when I'm with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, that's a, that's a mixed bag. I think it's probably like forgetting the pain of child labor, you know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to relate to that struggle. And so it it is, as that when you're, you know, when you're trying to meet family and work obligations and you feel so awful on the inside and that doesn't show, you know, it's, it it makes it tricky in all sorts of ways. Um, It does so you uh so you mentioned that it was around uh, what uh, maybe february a year ago is that right
1: yeah last year yeah. last february
0: and you stumbled across the website oh i have one more thing i wanted to ask you was that um sure. at, the, at the time this was going on were you aware of the phenomenon of rebound at all
1: i kind of heard about it but mm-hmm. every kind of um, all the anecdotal stuff that i had found Sort of said that tryptans don't really cause rebound. It's really more with you know narcotics and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And I, I sort of brushed it off.
2: Yeah. I
1: really, I just, I didn't, um, I didn't see a lot of weight into it at that point. And mm-hmm. probably, you know, prior to February, I didn't want to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if that makes sense.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: but then um, once I decided that I was just not going to take them anymore. My gosh, did I realize that that was a that was there that that was a phenomenon that that absolutely occurs without a doubt in my mind. And it's sort of this vicious cycle, and it's a shame for a drug like I said that was so
2: effective Mm -hmm.
1: early on Mm -hmm. to then um, become such a difficult drug to stop overall. And I can even remember like when I was right in the middle of everything, and they they you know insurance gives you nine pills a month. and I remember thinking nine pills a month. I, I can't take nine pills a month. I need yeah. like 30. I can't, right. I can't get to, because the doctors would say to you, it was always very conflicting. They would say, take the pill at the first sign of headache. Yes. If I followed that guidance, right. I would never have stopped taking those pills. Right. So then it was like, it was sort of like this. I, my husband and I joke now because I never left the house with sort of an arsenal, without an arsenal of medication. Yeah. Because I was constantly trying to, You know, balance the amount of tryptans I had left for the month. Balance what this was going to do for me—Tylenol or ibuprofen, whatever it was—just to get through the days. And I just, um, it, it ended up leading to just, just a lot of medication use. Yeah. Um, and I, and it's funny. Before I started the tryptans, I, 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 looking back now, I think I was even taking like Tylenol and ibuprofen quite a bit for Mm -hmm. many years.
2: Sure. Because
1: people act like it's normal. You got a little headache, take some ibuprofen. You got this. And, I, and looking back, I think it didn't even just start with the triptans. I think it's been a pattern that I had been kind of generating with those products yep. to control these headaches for a long time.
0: Yep, super common. They, um, i have talked before that the, that it, it appears that the sort of the 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 more migraine-specific something is, so triptans being sort of the most migraine-specific medication we have. Um, the less it takes to kind of turn into rebound, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, but it's, it's happens too with the, with the over the counter pills and, and this story, like you mentioned, you know, someone starting out with headaches time to time, take something over the counter, gradually getting worse, then first triptan, and then things really accelerate. It's so common, um, because of those underlying, um, phenomenon. So you, um, so you say you found you got, you first ended up finding the website. Is that Right.
1: I did. Yeah, okay. I came across the website.
0: And so, do you remember what yeah. you like? What you came across first, or anything that particularly that spoke to you uh, from the beginning?
1: I just remember the very first thinking, "Oh gosh, I've kind of been down this road before." Because it wasn't as if I hadn't tried to look at other people's thoughts and research what was causing this, and yep. you know what I mean. And but I don't know. I think what spoke to me the most was um, just how clearly you outlined the phase of the migraines and kind mm-hmm. of what was happening at the time. I was most likely in phase one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just, just how, 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 how I got there and mm-hmm. how I could get out of it. And then for me, you know, reading about the ketogenic diet and mm-hmm. recognizing that the time in my life when I was most successful was when I was doing Atkins, right. I thought, okay, I, I have to sort of get it together and give something else a shot. And then, so then what I did was I bought your book and mm-hmm. I spent the weekend reading your book and, um, my husband read it, gave it to him.
2: Nice. And I
1: said, you know what? We have, we, we have nothing nothing to lose at this point mm-hmm. so that's sort of how it started so um then i just sort of kind of dug into the diet and and what was on the blog itself to try to understand um how i could proceed
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's uh, I, I, that's uh we've heard that story too before like folks who have been you know at some point tried either a low carb or an Atkins style diet in the past and, and, and noted in kind of in the back of their mind, I felt better and and my headaches felt better. And, and, you know, since there wasn't, there hasn't been for a long time, any kind of association there, just kind of more thought of it as a curiosity, but then seeing, you know, uh, the stuff that we put out, you know, saying that there's, there's more to it here, things kind of click and, and, uh, and that gives them enough, enough motivation to go, to go forward with it. Um,
1: so. And what's what's interesting about the um I'm sorry. No go ahead. No go ahead. <laughs> what's interesting about my journey with with diets too is that you don't see things sometimes when you're in them. Like um, when I was doing Atkins and I felt so much better, I you know you would think, well, why didn't you just stay doing Atkins? Mm-hmm. Well, a few years had gone by and I had um, started doing CrossFit and so I started Paleo. But mm-hmm. when I approached Paleo, I was sort of excited. I'm going to eat sweet potatoes. I'm going to eat a ton of fruit and I'm going to eat all of these kind of foods. And it didn't, it never happened to me sort of overnight. I never had this direct correlation to like an overnight effect from, from, Mm -hmm. you know, long term diet. So with me, I woke up a year later after doing the paleo and I actually felt significantly worse. And, um, and then, and then I think what happened was I started adding back in other things, Mm
2: -hmm. things
1: that, you know, oatmeal, um, things that are supposed to be healthy foods
2: Mm -hmm. that
1: should not have affected me based on what we were taught. Um but they did, and but when I was in it, I thought I was doing the right things you know i didn't think I was eating these foods, and they were going to negatively impact me right, you don't think you're doing the right thing when you're choosing those things you know right.
0: yep so um back when you uh, when you were making the transition to the migraine miracle plan, did you uh, yeah. decide then to um to uh address the medications and the diet at the same time or you just kind of do the diet piece and see how see how things unfolded
1: no i jumped right in you did i I, I literally just i did i decided that day i wasn't going to take another pill yeah i just wasn't and um and i haven't which is what's so crazy that's amazing Um, it's been over a year and i have been medication free completely not even a time at all
0: So, so you said, you said that you, you were at that point in time, you were ready enough for a change and, and you just, and you went cold Turkey and, and that was it. And you were, you said you were, you were probably more days than not taking something for a headache. Is that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. My, my February of 2017 migraine plan showed I took medications on, I think it was 26 of the days. I think I had four days where I didn't take medication. Wow.
0: And, and, and since February last year, zero.
1: Yeah, I will, I'll give it. Let's give it March because by the time I learned the diet, right, right. I got into the March. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll give it a few weeks. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> that's still part.
2: that's still incredible. And that
1: that and, and and I will say that doesn't mean that I haven't been migraine yeah. or headache free during those times. Right. It means that especially now I'm drastically better. I mean, I'll certainly explain to you how I'm doing now, but those first few months they were hard. They mm-hmm. were really hard. I mean mm-hmm. there were a lot of days where I was trying to employ the, the strategies that you outlined, mm-hmm. you know, where you've got to get up when you have a migraine and go exercise and mm-hmm. you need to try. I, I, I started getting into intermittent fasting, which I think has been a godsend
2: and yes.
1: I, 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 so I was able to do those things and I was able to see some improvement. It may not have wiped it out completely, Mm-hmm. but i was able to get through it whereas before i was not yeah before i i just you know i would have either gone into a you know dark space dark room where i couldn't look my head or you know vomiting or what what it might have been whereas when i was doing these strategies i was and, and eating the food i was eating very strictly especially early on mm-hmm. i was able to get through that head pain without any medication
0: yeah um that i mean I, Tell me what your experience, but I getting through uh, a migraine without uh, a medication and, and seeing that that's possible um, to me is a real turning point. Uh, for it was it's for me, but also for other people, it seems um, it's just a it's just a really empowering feeling, and it and it and it allows you to suddenly see, okay, this is possible um, that I can you know that there's a there's a path forward that doesn't require me to make it um, with medications. Was that was that a turning point for you as well?
1: Oh my gosh, definitely. Because you don't, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that I could.
2: Right. So like,
1: to to wake up and decide, you know, I was going to eat that particular day when I, you know, I didn't feel well, I was eating incredibly strict, which I I eat pretty strict, but incredibly Mm -hmm. strict. And then I was going to, you know, even though my head was killing me, I was going to go for a long walk. And then I was going to maybe not eat again until the next morning, say it was, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon. And when I would do those things and the headache would not get worse, I just remember, like you said, I just remember feeling very empowered by it that, okay, there might, there might, that was back when, you know, it was a glimmer there, this, there might be a better way that maybe I'm missing something. And it, those little victories in the beginning were what kind of got me through the times where I would wake up, had done nothing wrong and mm-hmm. still had a headache yeah. and thinking, oh, I can't keep doing this. But then, OK, I'm going to keep doing it because, you know, last week when this happened, I was able to make my way through. So it gave me like the, the incentive to keep going because I was seeing small progress in those early days.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you have seen me say before. One of the things I've I try to emphasize is for folks to tr- to to focus mainly on you know achieving progress over time, not necessarily hoping for an overnight victory. Because um, a lot of it's going to depend on you know what the prior history was, what kind of medication consumption was, all these things, what your diet was like beforehand. Um, but if you can just see those little signs of progress and kind of take the big picture view, um, that can really sustain your momentum going forward sounds like that was that was definitely true for you
1: that was definitely true
0: yeah.
2: definitely
1: and uh, the other thing that helped me as well was definitely charting the migraine
2: mm-hmm, because in right. the first
1: few months like you're still i was still getting a decent amount of them they weren't mm-hmm. as severe
2: mm-hmm. but i was
1: still getting a decent amount and i think being able to count and say wait a minute is that right did i only have 15 and last month you know i had 26 or 24 whatever it was is that right and then yeah. to See it month to month, kind of go down because it's really easy to kind of get caught up in those early months, saying, "Well, I'm still getting migraines," right? And not recognizing the fact that my gosh, I just decreased them by thirty percent. I just decreased them by fifty percent. I mean, that right. was just a huge victory as I was kind of looking back and really, I kind of come from that background anyway. To have to be very analytical with things, so <laughs> yeah. to look back and be able to see that was incredibly helpful for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, another tip. This applies to a lot of things, but any. But um, we're so. Do you, we tend to uh, naturally sort of try to track our progress by looking forward by saying, "I want to be here," and here's the distance between where I am now and where I want to be, rather than saying, "Here's where I am now. Let me look back at where I where I came from." Um, and seeing what's happened, what's transpired, and recognizing the progress. Um, it's easy to fall into the trap of always looking forward, but um, really important in this type of process to to be able to look back. Yes. Um, we also like it's you just adapt to your current sort of level of function, right? And you for you, it's easy to forget what things were like, you know, a month or two ago. Um, once you've kind of gotten used to your new normal. You're right. Um, so uh, as far as, uh, so when you, when you do, if you do get a headache coming on, uh, these days or, uh, as you've, uh, as the you know, things have, uh, improved the past several months, do you have a particular go-to strategy or strategies that, that has worked well for you?
1: Yeah. Um, I am very strict with the diet. I do follow kind of, a, yeah, I, as you know, I, I do all your wife's meals and I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, I follow the diet pretty strictly. So I'm, I kind of have that to the point where my husband and family and I, we kind of, have our meals down now. What we do from a strategy perspective, right? I definitely on days where I'm feeling crummy, though, I'll definitely add in some salmon. if it wasn't on the plan, I'll uh. add in some things that are really high in omega threes um, that particular day.
2: Uh-huh.
1: If if I'm feeling kind of crummy on the onset, and then the, for me in the in the beginning, I would say that I would have to I would have to intermittently fast
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, more in the beginning. So mm-hmm. say I would have a, a headache at one in the afternoon,
2: mm-hmm. I would
1: maybe. Fast until I felt like that headache broke, and it, sometimes it approached 24 hours or so. That was mm-hmm. the longest I ever went, mm-hmm. and I thought, "My gosh, this is crazy! I'm starving," that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, but then it would break, and I would think, "I cannot believe that this is breaking." <sighs> yeah. Well, then then <laughs> it was crazy. But <gasps> now I don't. I haven't had to do that yeah. since maybe October. Now my intermittent fasting is very different. Now what I've chosen to do, and it just seems to work great for me, is I eat my dinner um, no later than six o'clock. Mm -hmm. And then I just won't eat breakfast until after nine. So I give myself, you know, a solid of 14 or 15 hours prior to eating. And it's not really difficult to do, honestly. It's just a change of mentality and not snacking at night. Yep. And I find that that does help me to not, I haven't gotten into the predicament where I've had an awful migraine in the middle of the day in a very, very long time. So that strategy has helped me a lot um, throughout the whole process. But now it's just more of something, sort of how I eat now. It's not really a um, middle of the day kind of
0: thing. Right. And you mentioned, I think when you first started, uh, you went keto, right? I did. And are you still keto?
1: Um, yes and no. I go uh-huh. in and out of it. So uh-huh. I, was, I was always under 20 grams of carbs for, I would say, at least the first six or seven months. Okay. And then um, – i would say i don't know approximately you know october november i did start to add in some you know small small amount of berries mm-hmm. um some other things that would you know could could push me out of um uh, ketosis and it, it seems to still be working for me so i mm-hmm. keep that kind of small amount of things uh present and and i kind of go in and out but i still keep my carbs um well under 50 grams of
0: carbs gotcha have you have you um experimented at all with going beyond that since this started or have you been to uh too wary of, (laughs) of, um, pressing your luck.
1: I am definitely too wary. So (laughs) like, I'll give you an example. My, my, my birthday was this week. So, I mean, I, I hardly drink alcohol. I never eat sugar. Uh And, um, but I had, I was feeling really good. So I had a glass of wine and then, um, two days later I had another glass of wine. My girlfriend was over and then I, my husband made me sort of a keto cake, but it did have for the first time in a year, some sugar in it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I've just literally been crossing my fingers, <laughs> you know, because I know before when I did push a little bit, like with a glass of wine or something early on, oh, forget it. There was just no way I would have had a headache immediately. Right. That's why I don't cheat because it's just not worth it. Right. So I'm still not at the point where I'm, I'm willing to really push a ton of boundaries. This week was probably my riskiest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But I I do see now, you know, I definitely add in more vegetables than I used to. I definitely, like I said, will push push limits with some berries and things Uh like that. Yeah. I have to be really honest with you, though, with the food. I feel like my whole life I was taught to eat low fat. Everything was sort of I was growing up, I was raised in the Weight Watcher years, you know, low fat Mm -hmm. cheese, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I I always was hungry. You know, I was always trying to figure out when my next meal would be. And I gotta be honest with also, my food was never really that delicious. Right. I just was sort of trying to figure out what I was going to eat, you know? Right. By doing this, the, the weirdest thing has happened. I'm not hungry anymore. Yeah. You know, the good fats that I'm eating and, and the, um, the type of food I'm eating, I think that's one of my biggest surprises is that I don't, I think about food from the standpoint of what am I going to make at my meals, but I don't think about it throughout the day as to what can I eat? How am I going to eat it? Am I going to lose weight? Am I going to gain? I don't, that, I'm not a slave to food that way at all. Yeah, And that is a surprise to me that I feel very satiated all the time and that I don't, I don't really crave sugar anymore. I don't really feel like my diet is really missing much. Right. Um, to be honest with you, what, I'm, what I miss the most is that social component.
2: Uh-huh. Like if your
1: friends are having drinks or things like that. Right. And, I'm, and I'm slowly getting it back. I am. I'm slowly, slowly getting a little of that back. And I think that would be great if it just keep, keeps progressing this way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, it completely changes your relationship to food um, in, in a lot of different ways. But I, I mean, I say too, migraines are no migraines. I just enjoy eating this way so much more than I used to. And that's having, you know, given up the foods that that we think are, you know, or what we like, the yeah. most, which is sweets and so forth. But there's just something different about, you know, something that gives you that quick little reward, but then you're hungry again versus something that feels like it's just giving you long-term nourishment and, and you know, sustaining you over a longer period of time. There's just a deeper level of a kind of satisfaction and enjoyment that you get from that eating that way than in the way that yeah you know i used to eat and which was also probably you know on the low fat side of things and always kind of always being hungry you know really quickly after meals and thinking about what i was going to eat next like just like you said
1: and what i think is so interesting too because obviously i'm very passionate about this diet now because of uh-huh. how much it's impacted my life when you when you try to share it with people it's amazing sort of the response that a lot of people get like one they think you're either just you know eating crazy, disgusting food all day, right. um, you know, bacon all day long,
2: right. um,
1: or two, they think or two, they come back at you and they say things like, my gosh, it must be so hard to cook like that. And to be so strict and to not cheat. And the only thing I could say to that was it was in the first two months, right. you know, difficult, you know, but it's really not, this is just sort of how we eat now. It's right. not really like a lot of, thought. there's not really like all this thought that goes into it. It's just, I have to make breakfast. I have to cook. I have to make dinner I have to cook. Yep. Um, if I'm going somewhere, I just have to plan what I'm going to take. It's, I don't find it difficult. I really don't. But it's, it's amazing how when you try to explain it to people, that's their first thought. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to put in the energy to do a lot of the things that come along to making fresh meals. Right. Um, right. Which, which surprises me how far we've come as a, um, you know, as a nation, I guess, if yeah. you will. Like, uh, you know, that wasn't what it was like when I was really little. You right. know, my grandmother cooked but it's just different now. People have gotten so far away from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of it's just, you know, it does require when you look at someone eating the way you're eating or whatever come at someone coming from the standard way of doing things, you know, it is, it does look completely foreign. And so it does require some habit changes, but this is why I've tried to get people to just say, see if you can commit to it for 30 days, you know, and then, you know, enough time to build some habits and enough time to appreciate just how differently you feel. And, you know, so many times that people could just stick to that, you know, it changes everything. But that initial hurdle, that, that middle block, you're right, is huge um, for so many people because it's just, it's just so different than the norm, unfortunately.
1: And I think the other very difficult thing for people starting out um, was a lack of support system. I have a great Mm -hmm. support system. My husband, he, he, he ate, he eats like this with me. He cooks the meals with me. He, he is phenomenal. And I got to be honest, I don't know if I could have done this without him encouraging me to do it. And, and saying, why not? You know, we've tried the standard American diet and it failed us. We're not getting anywhere. Right. Why not? And because a lot of times you, with this diet, you get a lot of resistance from people Mm -hmm. for some reason they're, they're very quick to judge the negative pieces of it. Right. Um. And not so open to understanding all the positive things that can come from it. And so having that support system who understands what you're doing and why, if, if people are going to start this diet, I would say try to find someone who can sort of have their back as they go through it. It is incredibly helpful.
2: Yeah.
0: Incredibly helpful. Yes. Uh, yeah. Great point. I was, I was fortunate. My wife was on board right from the start when we, when we did this. So you're right. If you do it, trying to do it on your own, it's really hard. It's one reason why we have the, you know, put the communities out there to give people that support if they need it. Um, because it, it does it de- definitely, um, in the beginning, uh, as you're trying to build these new habits, it's really easy to get derailed if they if you don't have anybody else kind of supporting you along the way.
1: It is. And I have to say, like reading through the site throughout the year, as I'm you know, going through this, it is incredibly helpful. It's helpful to know that, you know, all the work you're trying to put in, it's for a reason. And people ahead of you have found tremendous success with it. It's not right. you're just you're not alone. Right. And then having those little tips of what to do when you do hit these roadblocks, which you will as you start and as you continue. It, it, the, those the blogs and that you've created and the community uh, that you've created has just been really, really, really
0: effective and helpful. Well, that's really great to hear. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, you had that exercise had been an issue for you in terms of triggering uh, migraines. Um, it sounds like that's been a pretty big piece of your life. You mentioned you did or still do CrossFit. Um, has that, uh, have you been able to kind of get back to, uh, you know, your sort of desired level of activity?
1: No. So I'm definitely not back to where, when I was into my CrossFit days, I, uh-huh. I, I do, what I try to do now is I do yoga three times a week and then I definitely try to walk at least three, four times a week. And, um, <laughs> two weeks ago, I just went spinning with my son. That was cool because I'm starting to feel now the energy and the, um, um, the fatigue is kind of gone a little bit, you know what I mean? So I'm starting yeah. to feel the ability to push myself more again, which is just, it's just so um, rewarding and life-changing because I love exercising so much. And for a while there, I, I honestly just didn't even feel like I could.
2: Right. Um,
1: so it it is coming back. I am at the point where I'm on an exercise schedule again. I'm starting to try to build, um, you know, cardiovascularly with more difficult, um, aerobic exercises, which is, I'm not running yet or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but like with the spinning or, or walking at inclines and then coming down and then going back up, trying to build up slowly. And, um, I am getting there. I, it is, it is cool that I'm kind of getting back into it.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you're already doing a fairly good job and just in terms of overall health for, for what you've already gotten back to with the yoga and the walking. So, um, that's fantastic. And, and the rest is probably more for your own sort of psychological well and, and, uh, getting the enjoyment out of exercise that you are used to.
1: Oh well, yeah. Cause when you, when you go from being, you know, I got in 2001, I think it was, I had, I had done a half marathon and then mm-hmm. to kind of go downhill so fast. It's just, um, I don't know, uh, it, I'm sorry, 2011. It just seems like, it, just seems like it was. It, when I look back, it's, you don't know how you find yourself there. Yeah. And so then you know, one of the things you constantly say in the program when I, when I would read through it is mm-hmm. you know, that this is not an overnight fix. Mm-hmm. It, it takes you know, you, you, all of these years that you've created this problem, you now have to put years in to get your life back. And mm-hmm. that is really how I would describe it is it hasn't been overnight, but it certainly has been progressive. And I do feel like I've gotten a huge chunk of my life back from this.
2: Yeah. The
0: um, one other thing uh, I think some people will be curious about is you mentioned, I think there were... and maybe two at least two different um preventative medicines that you were on when you kind of made these changes did you um stop those all at once or did you kind of taper or how did you handle uh getting off of those
1: i did taper down especially uh-huh. from the topamax and the amitriptyline yeah i yeah. did taper taper down over those Remember those few week gap i was telling you about yeah. um because i it's just it's my understanding is it can be fairly dangerous to try to stop those cold turkeys. So I did. I gotcha. tapered down those um, uh, over the course of a few weeks.
0: But you did it um, even before. You did it as part of, as sort of like um, doing. You know, I'm um, doing this new plan um, from the start, rather than waiting till you'd seen some kind of result. Uh, you did it kind of from the beginning. Is that right?
1: I did. I just kind of felt like I had nothing to lose. That's yeah. when I really looked back on those migraine diaries, and I had seen the progression of the migraines and the way the migraine diary is set up is you have your migraines on the top and then the medications you take on the bottom.
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: oh my gosh, I mean, it was ridiculous. The amount of migraines I had and then the amount of medications I was taking had just kept going up and up and up over those three or four years. Right. I didn't, I wasn't gaining anything. Yeah. So I figured I needed a clean slate.
2: Yeah. I needed to
1: kind of get in there and just see what this could do and see if I could actually get through a migraine without medication. Right. Um, because like we said earlier, when you're kind of knee deep in it, you, you don't think you can. And I wanted to see if I could. But it, in, the, in that early time frame, though, I did need to make sure that I was eating the right way and exercising and mm-hmm. doing the fasting to get through them. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was work that I had to do to kind of make that happen. It just doesn't just happen.
0: <laughs> right. No, right.
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you were very committed to, to making that happen. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's like you 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 look at it and you think, well, I'm having daily headaches. What good could these things possibly be doing me anyway? So what do I have to lose by by ditching them now?
1: And I uh, did find that like medications, those medications in general, I oftentimes felt worse. Not the tryptans. I mean, you know, yeah. early on, but you know, like the other drugs, I, I, they weren't really fixing any problems I had. I was hoping they would, but they just weren't.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point you realize that that's probably not the root cause. And, uh, like you said, you know, I think you mentioned that you, you know, these started for you kind of, um, you know, later in life, at least the, the, the migraine component, um, and kind of the first step was just when you get, get into the medical system was just to get you on, you know, a a regimen of, of medications, um, and, you, you know, we're so used to doing that. We don't even stop and think, you know, well, what is the, what is the root cause here? Why is this happening right now? Um, it's just sort of automatic. And it sounds like you were probably wondering, you know, well, what, what, why did this happen all of a sudden? You know, but then you get sort of started on this treadmill um, and it's hard to get off of. And, and, you know, fortunately, you found a way way back to, the, to this uh, root cause approach. But unfortunately, it's, it's not um, it's not the common way of doing things, even though it seems like that's what should happen.
1: I totally agree, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I really hope that I I really hope that our our healthcare system starts to follow suit with some of this because yeah. um um I have a son who was just recently diagnosed with type one diabetes, oh, and um, even with even with that, I can't even describe. The amount of carbohydrates they wanted him eating when he left that hospital. So yeah. I feel like there needs to be like a fundamental shift in how we're approaching food in our treatment decisions, just for a variety of different ailments. And I really hope that our medical community starts to follow suit with this. I
0: yeah. think it's so important. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I am optimistic. Ultimately, um, there are a lot of things that will have to change for that to happen. Um, but there are different forces in place that will kind of, uh, I think help move that change. But one of them is that, um, people like yourself, you know, uh, who are, who are getting benefits that, you know, that were greater than anything that they could get with the, with the conventional approach, um, and then sharing those benefits and that, that, you know, just that alone is a really powerful, um, driving force and, and that's not going to go anywhere because that's, you know, that's what happens when you put this sort of stuff into action. Well, you've been a, a phenomenal wealth of information, uh, Stacey. Is there, a, is, there a, is there anything else uh, left that you want to share before we go?
1: I, I, just, I just hope if people are listening to this and they're, they're questioning whether or not they should do it, I, would just, I hope that they do. I really do. I hope that they, they go for it and they look into it and they read about it and they don't give up when they hit those walls because there really is a light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I, I, I hope people start to take those risks and Mm -hmm. and and go for it i really do that's what i would really like people to know
0: yeah excellent thank you so much um and i think uh uh, your your story um highlights the importance too of of taking that sort of uh, progress over time approach and kind of um keeping keeping track of things taking the uh taking the big picture view and uh sort of having faith in the process another another thing that i talk about too is is the um the benefit of taking a process oriented approach over a goal oriented approach, which is meaning you could say, I want to be, ha- I want to have no migraines in three months, you know, or, you know, whatever, um, which is something you can actually control. Or you can say, here's this process that has worked for a lot of people. Um, and it involves these steps and I can control those steps. I can do those things. I can eat those foods. I can, you know, I can, I can adhere to that, uh, you know, sleep, wake cycle, whatever. Um, and I can commit to that process. And if you can just stick to committing to the process and then take that long view, um, that seems to be the secret sauce for so many people.
1: I, I, I know that it was for me. And I, I, I think what's interesting too, is that if you can just say to yourself that, I may always be a migraine sufferer, but mm-hmm. I do not let need to let this control my life
2: mm-hmm. is
1: such a powerful thing as well because it's not that I don't get headaches here and there. It's not mm-hmm. that I don't maybe have a migraine once a month or um, here and there, right. but now I control it. When right. it happens, I'm not a victim to it anymore. I control how I manage it and I I, I go on with my life, whereas before I sort of had my arsenal of medication and everywhere I went, I was constantly worried about what I was going to, you know, if I can make plans because I might have a headache, if I can
2: mm-hmm. um, go
1: out because I might have a headache. And I don't live my life like that anymore. And that is the most, um,
2: yeah. uh, I think
1: the benefit, most beneficial part about it is that now I control having yeah. these. Um, You had said that on your post multiple times about, you know, we probably always will be migrant sufferers. And that hit home to me because okay, I can, I can come to terms with that. But as long as I have a plan to manage it, I wanted to make sure that I could be in control of it.
0: Yeah. The, the big psychological shift that happens with this is that transforming from feeling helpless and at the mercy of the migraines to being back in control of it. And, um, you know, the migraines themselves are terrible, but it's that, it's that sort of helpless, unpredictable, uh, lack of control feeling that's, that's the worst part of it. Um, and that's, that's really what I want for people is to get them that back. And that, cause that's what gets you your life back. Well, and
1: thank you so much for doing all this. Cause you seriously have had such a major impact on my life. So I really appreciate all the work that you've put into this.
0: Well, thank you. Um, and, uh, thank you so much for being on here. I know that, uh, you're hearing your story today is going to resonate with a lot of people. And, uh, you have a lot of, you shared a lot of great wisdom, which I know is going to be of benefit. So I really appreciate appreciate you taking the time um, to do this today, Stacey. You got it. All right. Take care. So thanks again to Stacy for being kind enough to share her incredible story with us. Um, One that included a whole big dose of uh, courage and dedication for her to get from where she was to where she is. And if you'd like to follow in her footsteps, remember that you can now join Migra Neverland for free for 30 days. Just go to mymigrainemiracle.com forward slash join to learn more. And you'll also find a link in the podcast description. Okay, so that wraps up this edition of The Miracle Moment. I hope you enjoyed uh, the interview with Stacy as much as I did. And lastly, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it and you want to help spread the word and reach more people and help uh, end needless suffering uh, like uh, Stacy went through, uh, it'd be fantastic if you could leave a review in iTunes. Um, it really makes a difference and it really means a lot to me. So that's all for today. And now it's time for you to go out there and slay the beast.